0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Bloom the Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode. I know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus, so my apologies for that. But we are back in action, so we are so glad that you guys are here for it. Um if you guys are new here, I am your host, Donovan, and I'm here with the one and only co-host, Ashley, and we are so excited to be back, guys. We were trying to work out a little bit of a rebrand, not really rebrand, but a restructuring of our show and thinking of some more um, deep topics that we can get into to really flush out some of the things that we see going on in the culture, in churches, and things of that nature, and we've definitely came prepared today, guys, so we hope that you guys are ready. Hope you guys have your notepads ready to take some notes because it's going to get interesting. I think we have a really fun topic today, so um, hopefully you guys are all ready to tag along. If you guys missed our last episode, we were talking about what you should be looking for when it comes to finding a church. So if you guys didn't listen to that episode, make sure you go back and check that out. Um, But jumping straight into today's episode, we don't want to waste any time because we have quite a bit of ground to cover. Um so yeah today's topic we're going to be talking about the rising age in marriage and what we believe is attributing to that rise in marriage. Um now I'm going to start off with a general question for you. When you hear people talking about and I guess the first it's a two part question. One would be do you hear people talking about the rising age of first marriages or marriage in general? And if you do hear people talking about it, what are some of the reasons that you usually hear people give for why they think that rise in marriage is happening?
1: Um, Well, I definitely hear a lot of people talk about marriage at an older age. It's not like, oh, yeah, like it's getting older and older. Like people don't talk about it that way. They talk about it as like, yeah, the norm is. You, ne- you should be getting married at like 26. Like it's more of
0: a good thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, yeah. oh yeah, like those people are too young for marriage or so and so. Like it's just become this popular thought. I don't think they necessarily realize that it's like a new age thing, not yeah. something that was happening back in the day because it wasn't. <laughs> um, yes. And then I think definitely the rise of age has a lot to do with going to school. The main reason you'll hear is like, oh you know, I'm going to college. I can't have, you know, a marriage right now. Like, do career comes first, college, all that stuff. Right.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think before I get into that, because I mean, that's going to be our main focus today. um, But I want to talk about a couple other things first before we really drill in on that, because a couple of the things that I hear, especially in the Christian community, and this is mainly where our target is going to be, even though the things we're going to be talking about today are on a larger scale than just the church. The church has adopted a lot of these worldly principles that we're going to be talking about today, which is the sad thing. But to start, like I said, starting in the church, a lot of times you hear people reference you know, the world's view on marriage and how no one has like a good view of marriage. Mm-hmm which is a true thing. You hear the talks of hookup culture and how dating has kind of progressed into just people wanting to hook up rather than actually have stimulating and long lasting relationships, Mm -hmm. which is uh, somewhat true. You hear a lot of people talk about the use of porn, which has ruined marriages, which people would usually attribute the rise and accessibility of porn to the lack of marriages, which I think has a slight effect, but I don't think is the main driver because I think that is really an outflow of what we're talking about today. Um, And then the other one that I hear a lot in the Christian community and just in general is that the couples just decide to live together instead of get married. So they get to experience all the benefits of being married and kind of live that married life, but they don't Mm -hmm. actually get married. So it doesn't factor into any of the statistics that you may see that attribute to, you know, people getting married at an older age. People Mm -hmm. are just living that life, but never doing anything about it, you know. Um, Which all of those things are good sentiments. I think those are true statements that, uh, that those things do affect the the rate in which people are getting married and the age at which people get married. But I think a lot of these things are branches, if you will, to the root issue, which is, or one of the root issues, I should say, because this is definitely a multivariable equation. But I think one of the main routes to this problem is what you said with college and the education system. And I love how you pointed out that this isn't a new, or this is a new thing. And a lot of people don't associate it with it being a new thing. I mean, you see instances in the past and previous generations where couples got married in their 30s and their 40s, but it definitely wasn't the norm.
1: That probably would be looked at as kind of like, oh, that's a bummer for
0: you, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) And we can see that clearly from statistics and we'll have this all up on the screen for you guys to see and if you guys are just listening we'll make sure we read it out for you guys so you guys know exactly what we're looking at but if you're looking we're have a graph up right here and this is showing the rise in marriage from generations past so if you look at most of our parents were gen z so if you're looking at our parents are probably born in the 60s 70s 80s if you're looking at the trends of people getting married you'll see that for men They're getting married about 22 years old, and for women, they're getting about 20 years old for marriage, which is fairly young. Trending upwards towards closer to our generation and more so our older siblings' generation in the 2010s, you start to see that spike a lot. It goes all the way up to 28.7 for men and 26.5 for women, and that's in 2010. I think an interesting stat that couples with that timeline is the timeline of college attendance and the emphasis on college with I, which i think kind of starts our conversation in the direction that we want to go because like i said before 1960s 70s people are getting married 22 20 that's the trend to through 2010 where it's 28 and 26 which couples with the rise in college attendance in the 70s and 80s back when our parents were young only about 7 million people were attending colleges back then Fast forward to 2010, it about triples at about 21 million people. So you see the rise is going together. Now, I can already hear the comments being typed of correlation doesn't equal causation, which I think is a funny thing. But we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but it, it is interesting. So yeah, like you pointed out, it's definitely not a new thing. Or, or it is a new thing. It definitely is a new thing. Back mm-hmm. in the day, people were getting married... At a lot younger and I think there's so much here that could be talked about
1: that's the weird part though is that so many parents who got married at like 18 or 20 are mm-hmm. pushing their kids to pursue college and hold off on marriage that's yeah. the weird part it's like I it's <laughs> just so odd to me because it happens all the time that parents yeah. always encourage their kids to do the opposite of what they did even though like it worked (laughs) out for them like i'm like okay so i actually have um a little something here too i looked up um (laughs) i looked up (laughs) pressure for college students right for their kids to go to college and this this comment that this lady diana wrote just just had me like yeah this is this is most people sadly sums it up but she said the question is would you care as a parent if your child chose not to go to college she said yes i'd care desperately for two reasons our household is deeply committed to an intellectual life because you can't have that if you don't go to college and lifelong learning mm-hmm. i'd be devastated if our children decide that university had nothing worthwhile to teach them well i believe in auto didactism (laughs) cannot read um there are things you simply can't learn or explore by yourself a degree isn't strictly necessary in an objective sense but in the u.s it's a badge that says i was able to do the work and finish and it's the ticket to the middle class my husband has two degrees and doesn't work in his field to study but they made it possible for him to be taken seriously (laughs) for any job he chose to apply for that's so
0: ironic was that, that so not... Annoying.
1: Like, the cringe levels were just rising as well, I read that comment. Yeah,
0: and this is something I want you guys to take note of as we start early on. Take a note of the bad advice trends because you're <laughs> going to see the bad advice permeate its way throughout young childhood all the way to young adulthood. And this is the these are the wreckers. So it's not necessarily college itself because I'm not against college as a whole. There are plenty of people that I know and respect and have gone to college and have done great things are certain fields that you literally have to go to college in order to be in them. So mm-hmm. this isn't a knock against college itself. This is a knock against the it system. being trendy also this is a <laughs> knock against the system and the bad advice that is coupled with the system. Mm-hmm. So one thing that that lady mentioned mm-hmm. is that she, or her husband did not work in his field of study. So oh I want to kind of drill in on that to start because one of the emphasis, emphases, is that a word? Emphases?
1: <laughs> They're going to be like, he see, didn't y'all didn't oh, go to college, you can't read that word. you yeah, can't read. read
0: that word. Can't even speak English. The ma- One of the main emphasis on college is that you get to do your dream job. You get to find your passion. You get to, you know, experience the, this what did she say? The ticket to the middle class, which mm-hmm. I think is a hilarious statement. But anyway, most students that go into college go in undecided. So I think that's a really telling marker on the value system that we're placing on this.
1: You know why, why that is, though? Because 86% of college students feel pressured to go to college.
0: Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Start with the bad advice trend. So you have these parents that are pressuring kids to go to college, yet these kids have no idea what they want to do. And how could they? If you're an 18-year-old kid who's never worked before, how are you going to have any tangible grasp on what field you want to be in if you've never worked in it? I mean, it's pretty ridiculous to me that you could – I mean, and obviously, you can have some inclinations. Like, if you know you want to be a lawyer, then there's only one track to get there, obviously. But for a lot of these other random degrees, which is uh, the majority of the degrees in college, you have no real way of knowing if you're going to like business marketing when you go into it. Yeah. And I think that's why we see a majority of college students, about 75 to 85%, Of college students change their major within the first two years because they have no idea what they're doing so you have these kids that get pressured to go there for what
1: right because people will be like like Nikki and I have talked and he was like if you choose the right major then college could be worth it but then it's like 80% of people (laughs) choose the wrong major because they end up switching anyway so it's just like yeah, <laughs> Yeah.
0: And I, and I want to tie this back in because that can just sound like a very general thing to talk about, but it definitely matters because when these people are young, and in, in my experience, growing up in a household that didn't prioritize college, our parents were completely supportive of us if we wanted to go, mm-hmm. but none of us did because we didn't really have anything that we felt we needed to go to college for. So we've been working straight out of high school, And kind of figuring out what we like to do on in the field, not in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's important because one of the things that we've normalized and (laughs) this is where I think it really starts to hinder people is you send your kid off to college. He starts to accrue debt. Now we're talking about you're wasting time and money Going to college for a degree that you don't know if you want yet.
1: And you can't quit because you're already in debt. And so that'd be a waste.
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) but that's one of the other sad things is the amount of college students that still drop out. Mm. Because you have about four out of ten college students drop out before their sophomore year. Before their sophomore year. So assuming you're a good Christian kid and you decided that you wanted to go to master's. (laughs) Right. <laughs> you've paid $45,000 for that year mm-hmm. and four out of 10, four out of 10 of those kids are going to be $40,000 in the hole by the time they're done with that year. Mm. And a lot of people would say, well, you can still get married and be in debt, which is true. You can do that. Is it ideal? No. And is that what you're advised to do? And this is where we get back on track to the bad advice train. If you were to ask any Christian counselor or Christian parent or, you know, anyone in the Christian circle, what are the main things you need to do before you're married? What's the number one thing that they're going to tell any man? Be financially stable. If you are not financially stable, how are you going to provide for a wife? That's the train of thought. Now
1: they're telling the woman that too. <laughs> that you need to be financially stable. Well, we'll stable. get to that
0: later because that's a whole nother issue that mm-hmm. is also contributing to this. But yeah. for, for the man specifically, mm-hmm. if you aren't financially stable, how are you going to provide for your wife? Mm-hmm. And that comment that you read from the lady that it's the ticket to the middle class is a fallacy. That's not true. The, mm-hmm. average, the average salary in America... Folks, and this will be up on the screen so you can see this. The average salary in America is fifty-one thousand dollars, with a median wage of thirty-four thousand dollars a year. Couple that with the people that go to college; it's about seventy percent of the population. So, or seventy percent of the people in the U.S. So, if you're talking about the ticket to the middle class. That's not really that. (laughs) If seventy percent of us are there and the average salary is still fifty one thousand dollars, how does that add up? Mm -hmm. But couple that with you being an average of anywhere between twenty to fifty thousand dollars in debt by the time you finish your degree.
1: (laughs) That's not very (laughs) pretty. Let me tell you let me tell you something that a lady not gonna find attractive is you not being able to marry her because you have about a billion dollars in debt before you can get married
0: yeah and this is just super significant guys because we don't see this in scripture we don't see any need or emphasis on continued education Or this prestige of going to these colleges and the accolades that come with it. And you can tell just the pompous attitude from that lady's comment Mm -hmm. on how she views someone who goes to college versus someone who doesn't go to college. There's, I I forget the verbiage she used, but it's like, it gave him the attention to get even looked at to be in other fields. It's like, okay, so. Like, how
1: do you know that that's the reason, first off? Right. Where they like, you know what, because of your degree in this completely opposite field, we're going to hire you
0: here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's it's very damaging for young Christian, especially for young Christian men because there is an immense pressure, especially if you do desire to be married, to go to this college. That way you can guarantee yourself a good job. And I just think that is a very, very mismanaged expectation given that one in three people don't end up working in the field that they study. So it's very hard... For a young Christian guy who is trying to have all his ducks in a row and follow the rules and follow all the steps, right? You have, all the, you have all these people that lay out the steps for you. You go to college, you get the job, you pay off the debt, then you get married. And it's like this is a very long process and it leads us right to the current median age of marriage, which is 30.5 for men and 28.5 for women. And <laughs> yeah. it's the perfect it's the perfect pairing, and I think this is one of the things that attributes to the arguments again uh, that I was talking about before. One of them being the whole porn issue. I think this is one of the outflows of this because you have a bunch of unsatisfied, undriven young people. Because of the system that they're inundated with. They're stuck there. They're stuck in this cycle of following the steps, following the, the advice, following the wisdom of waiting and being older and doing all these things. And you're left with this. Mm-hmm. These industries, porn, OnlyFans, all of these, all of this sex work industry that we're seeing relies on the consumer not being able to have sex. That's And I think that's the the missing link that most people don't talk about. If people were having sex like they used to back in the day, if people were getting married and being in relationships, you wouldn't have this drastic need for all of these sex work fields and all of these pornographic industries. They wouldn't make half as much money as they do. Now, obviously, people abuse and... People will take what they can get, especially if it's cheap and easy. And that's an outlet that porn can easily fulfill. But I think that need would be drastically different if you had society operating in a way that didn't funnel them towards loneliness. Mm -hmm. And you can see that in the Christian community and in the secular community with one in three people being virgins into their 30s, folks, into their 30s. And that's worldly people. I think the assumption of the world is like the world's just having sex all the time. They're just out and about, just fornicating left and right. (laughs) (laughs) And as much as that is true in some cases, and the world is filled with immorality and all these things that are super terrible, but it's not as it would seem on the surface to most people. Because a lot of people, even in the secular world, are still struggling to actually have sex and be in sustaining relationships.
1: Right. And I think one of the common misconceptions is that people who aren't believers don't want to be don't want to have a relationship with someone that's not just having sex. But like that's like they're still humans, guys. (laughs) They still have desires and needs like normal people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because while the divorce rate is extremely high, if you ask most American people, uh what they desire in a partner they all say the same thing yeah you know someone i can be intimate with someone that i can spend my life with grow old with like all these tropes come from the world not necessarily from christian culture right like all of these things that you see in movies shows of the couple getting old together and you know having this crazy romance life being married having kids the white picket fence i mean okay let's just go back to the original american dream which has been completely destroyed by this college system the original american dream was the man goes out gets a regular schmegular job at a factory or in a you know mine or some random you know manual labor job he works he provides a solid living for his wife and they have their family Now, the American dream has transferred into this weird chase your dreams, dream career kind of deal where you have all these people chasing these really eclectic one-off degrees trying to make it. (laughs) And that's another thing that attributes to people waiting so long because before, if you're working at a farm or in a factory, you're making enough money to support yourself and another person and you can go ahead and get married. You don't have these other concerns. With the culture going the way that it's going, everything's pushing this individuality and, like, you can make it, be an entrepreneur, do this, do that. You can retire by by the time you're 30. Like, it's all these delusions of grandeur that we've inundated these young people with. So now the thought process is I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get this amazing degree that's going to make me six figures when I graduate, which is a joke, by the way. And then I'll be able to retire by the time I'm really young. And then I'll be able to spend all my time with my family and be married and be happy. Mm -hmm. And it's like we've completely destroyed the hard work uh, ethics of people because everyone's trying to get the cheapest, easiest route to attention and success. That way they don't have to work. Our pride is so much in the way where we can't just work regular jobs and be content with that because that's no longer status quo. So it's super sad, and you, you know, <laughs> it's hard to, like, explain exactly how, how far this goes. I mean, we could be here all night. Yeah. And, like, one of the other things is I think we're just stripping men and women of their roles and of their purpose, which is making unmarriable people. I don't know if you see that like I do.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. I was talking about this also for kind of like going to the woman now as well, is if you aren't called to singleness, then you're called to get married, right? Which normally means that you're going to get married and have a family. And that means that your calling, as the Bible states, is to be a keeper of your home, for your family to be the priority as a mom, your children are a priority. Everything in your home comes before anything else. Mm-hmm. And what is the leading factor of getting women to fail that job?
0: Giving them an actual job.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a different job. Yeah. So my thing is, if you're not called to singleness, then you have a very specific calling, a command actually, a command god is not going to be I, I did a whole post on this god is not going to be pleased with you if you are a successful businesswoman but your house is chaos so
0: and you this ha- is under the presupposition <laughs> that you're married because there are people exactly that if you're not married, called you to know,
1: marriage or you're single for a time
0: of course well even if you are quote unquote called like you desire to be married that doesn't mean everyone gets married Exactly. You know, that's what I'm saying. But, so if you're yeah. single
1: for that time in your life or whatever, of yeah. course, you got to do what you got to do. You know, you can't just wait around.
0: Right. But
1: at the same time, why is the biggest advice to women who already have a specific calling, a specific job, to tell them to go out and do the one thing that's probably going to help them in failing their task? Okay. <laughs> why is that? Why is that the advice?
0: Especially in the church. Because yeah. we're we're so far off the mark and that's why like the emphasis on college for men is one thing but the emphasis on college for women is a whole other catastrophe that leads to this it
1: boggles my mind
0: that leads to this (laughs) extended age of marriage because now what you have is women that are thinking like men that are saying i'm gonna go and provide the expectation is never on the woman to provide for other people that is a burden that is placed on men per the role that is how it's always been Mm -hmm. but now we're ascribing that same role to the women right and it's drastically hurting the way that they perceive getting into relationships themselves
1: Right, and like I'm seeing the statistic here that I don't even think is very accurate. You know the things you find on the internet. But it says, college-educated adults are more likely to be married than less-educated adults. And while I don't believe this really to be true, my thing is, is I truly do believe that women who have pursued a career or a college degree are way more likely to be respected than someone who hasn't. Like women who do not pursue college, I don't believe her is respected. It's like, oh, I'm like why didn't you do that? Like, why yeah. are you not smart? Are you dumb or something? But it's like instead of men looking for qualities that are actually specific to a woman who's going to be taking care of his children and you know him and like cooking, cleaning, doing all those things at home, mm-hmm. he's too worried about her um, education level.
0: Well. <laughs> Okay, there's a couple things about that. One, I believe that statistic is true just for the simple fact of how many people go and the current median age of marriage. It makes sense. I guess right? if
1: majority of people are going, you can't.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> that makes, makes sense. sense. So if everyone is on the same track, right? Everyone's saying, I've got to go to college before I get married. That's for the men and the women. So I would definitely believe that mm-hmm. a higher percentage of women that graduate would be married. The problem is, is the rate at which they get married because it's very easy to see how many people are getting married (laughs) you have nine percent of adults over the age of 18 to 24 that were married in 2010 nine percent so where that stat is true of more people are getting married that are after college that's still nine percent guys i want you to think about how small of a a, a portion of people that is we're talking about nine percent comparatively speaking to 82 percent back in the 60s and 70s back when people did not care as much Mm -hmm. so i think another thing that aids in that or that plays to that is what you said about them not value men not valuing traditional traits in women Mm -hmm. versus now uh, valuing masculine male traits
1: (laughs) well like Right. We always talk about how women desire men who has drive and like all this stuff, right? Like yeah. we want to see drive towards a career and stuff. Now the men are looking for the exact same thing in women. Like we want to see that she's passionate about her career and driven in that. And it's like, but is she going to be doing that when you're married?
0: Yeah, but, but and that's the thing because <laughs> that's the other fallacy is men don't care about women's careers most of the time if you ask majority of guys do you care what your female does for a living or do you care what your future wife does for a living most of them are going to say no because like you said most of the time the woman's going to be at home managing the household so we are conditioning men to try and value these things in women when that's not really the reality and it doesn't do women any favors too because i think this is a hilarious statistic for women, and it kind of goes against everything that they stand for, and everything that we're trying to push. Because this was a study done in in a focus group of about a thousand women. They they polled and did research on these thousand women, and showed that there was a 25 percent decrease in marriage for highly successful women, and that every 16 IQ points a woman goes up from 100. She's 35% less likely to be married. And that's the same with pay. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So the the correlation is women and men don't have the same attraction system. And women are only making it harder for themselves because typically women want a guy that's going to be able to provide, right? Mm -hmm. So how is a guy going to provide for you if he makes less money than you? Mm. He can't. So now a woman, say a woman comes out of college, right, she's an a, a accountant or a doctor or lawyer or something and she's making 80 grand, right? She can't go and marry some guy that works at Walmart. She's gotta find a guy that is at least making something comparable to her so that way he can provide for her eventually and she can retire. So we're, it's making it harder for the women because the people, as we showed before, the average salary is $51,000. So the, the higher women go up from that point, the harder it is for them to be married, it, it is what it shows. And you can see that clearly just in women's standards and what they look for. It goes against what we're naturally designed to, to look for in, in each other. Mm-hmm. And when we put that mentality into the church, we make it that much more hard for young people to stay away from all these traps because we have this we have purity that we have to maintain. And that's where it's super damaging when we tell these young people to wait and go through all this education and do all these extra things that are not in scripture. We're not only messing up the way we view men and women's roles with each other, Mm -hmm. we're messing up our own purity and putting all of that at stake for things that are not even really at the core of it that valuable to the other gender
1: you go to you know get counsel and you're like hey i'm really struggling with period they're like you know a fix that going away to college (laughs) for four years burning (laughs) with a bunch of other college students
0: (laughs) (laughs) well why do you think you see so much and even at these christian schools why do you think you see yeah. all the things that you see You're like and
1: setting them up for disaster it,
0: it really is a, a major setup and that's how i how it feels
1: well okay let's let's talk about this the whole college experience can we talk about uh, yeah. what that is exactly what is the college experience <laughs> <laughs> do we i don't think we want to oh, get no. into that i think you already know
0: so what do you think what is your thought process well like when honestly, someone says what's the like i'm going for the college experience what do you think that means
1: Okay, so <laughs> my view changed once I actually went to a college <laughs> when I met Nikki and I went to his college yeah. and I saw that all there is, there really is no draw, right? There's there's this tiny baby dorm room where you have like five people staying in the same room with like... I'm telling you, this space gross. is... So small. There's like two bunk beds in one room. Yeah. And then outside of that, all you have is a bunch of really horny pagan like teenagers that you go and party with or you try and hang out with throughout the week, right? So probably not the best examples of people to just be constantly hanging around, right? Which is Mm -hmm. why I think so many people go to college and come out the other end looking a little suspect, you know what I mean? (laughs) Because their little roommates were rubbing off on them. But I think... Literally. There is literally no, like, there is no college experience outside of basically living your life and partying it up with a bunch of pagans.
0: Well... And in the Christian sense, you know why I think that draw is so strong. Even if it's not anything, like even if it's just that, the the notion and it's this is a perfect segue. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> the notion is, you're 18, you mm-hmm. get to go live on campus, you get to be away from your parents. You get to now, be an adult now. You get to be an adult, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that word. You get to be an adult, right? That's what the parents tell you. You get to be an adult now. You get to go out and you get to make your decisions, right? You get to go out, make all these decisions. You're an adult. But at the same time, you're not an adult until you've graduated college. So it's this complete misnomer because not only do your parents not really consider you an adult. It's just kind of the vernacular of them getting you out of the house. You're just following different rules from different people. All the people at these Christian colleges are following extreme rules, if not more extreme than their own households. Like, have you heard some of the rules at master's? There like, some. are we really not going to talk about that? Because some of these master's rules are more strict than rules that I've had as a 10 year old kid. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's and it's so attractive still because it's not their parents telling them. So they feel like they're going against the grain, but right. they're not.
1: But what's so funny is the parents tell you you're going to have freedom, right? But what happens when you go off to college, right? You're your own person. You're your own adult. And then you meet someone. You're like, you know what? I think I might want to get married while I'm in college. And they're like, no, you ain't. You ain't doing
0: that. Exactly.
1: You're not very free in that sense. Your parents put the kibosh on it. Because,
0: yeah, (laughs) then it's based like, well, I'm either paying for your college or supporting Mm -hmm. you somehow. You don't have freedom to do what you want. Like, I'm still in control of your life. But you just said I was an adult two seconds ago. So there's like this disconnect in the way that we're treating our young adults, and this starts even beforehand because we treat young adults and college students and you know people of that age as if they're toddlers, and it stunts the growth so much. And I know we've said this on the podcast multiple times before that. College is really just extended adolescence. And it's really a buffer for responsibility.
1: Well, because people think they're going to mature so much because they have responsibility of homework. But it's like, that's only going to get you so far. You do your homework and then you go hang out with a bunch of kids who aren't good influences on your life. Like, that's not like, you're not like having some like, camp regen experience you know where you're hearing bible yeah. study every week and like i mean i guess if you go to masters right you're hearing bible taught and all this stuff but let's think about the majority of masters is actually probably pagan
0: well, that's well a, 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 a good that's chunk a another topic. a huge chunk of that yeah so
1: you go to college it's, it's it's just not what people have this idea of, even when it's a Christian college, like the amount of Bible schools that people have gone to and the people I've seen go to Bible schools and come out of Bible schools. And it's like. Come on, it's because it's the, it's
0: like I said before, it's the it's the buffer of responsibility, because when you get out of high school, at least when I got out of high school, my dad was like, OK, you're 17 years old. You're about to be 18. What are you doing? You know, there's there's that expectation there from my parents that was instilled in me at a very young age of, okay, let's contribute now. Yeah. Well, as soon as you finish
1: high school, it's like you're going to get a job,
0: whether that is going to college and trying to do something or getting a job. Not saying you can't contribute if you're going to college. But most of the people that I see that are going to college these days, especially, you know, it's that I have more time. I have mm-hmm. more time before I have to be responsible. And yeah. this is what also contributes, guys, bringing it full circle. Because this is where it all comes back to. And this is where it's harming us. Because if you take your 18-year-old, he's still a child in his mind. You're telling him he's a child. He goes to college and thinks he has four, five, maybe six more years, depending on what he's studying, to not have responsibility. He has six more years of that. Mm-hmm. So say he gets into a relationship in college or something, and he's studying some degree that he's not really for sure about Once that's over, now what? Now responsibility kind of hits you all at once like an 18-wheeler. And now you have to figure out, okay, shoot, I'm done with college. Now there's something expected of me. And that's where people fall off because they don't know what to do. They've never been trained what to do. And that's what I mean when I say we're creating unmarriable people. We're We're not training our young people to be responsible and to actually contribute and live a life on their own independently
1: right now i will say there are two groups of college students the one group is the group where the parents pay for everything they get to do whatever the heck they want <laughs> they're a bunch of spoiled brats because yeah. they get to eat it the most i remember just going to cal poly and like just seeing the crazy expensive restaurants and all these college students are eating there i'm like how are they affording that they're not <laughs> their parents are paying for that you know whatever yeah. and then there's the other group though who's working like full time also while they're in college which is pretty impressive. And that's yeah. uh, honestly I feel like if you're going to go to college, that's what you need to be doing. You should be
0: Don't forget about the third group. The third <laughs> the third group of people is the group that is at college, not working and not being paid for. <laughs> I'll say that again. There's the third group of people that's at college, not working and not being paid for. So not only are you accruing debt you're not making anything back on it and i think people have sh- such a short-sighted view of debt right people are like oh I'll, I'll pay it off i'll you know once i get my job i'll make that back and that's one of the things that we're told about college right like it's an investment you invest in yourself by getting this education and that way when you're done you'll have a job that pays off your de- your your degree will pay off your debt in four years That's false. The average amount of time it takes to pay off your debt is about 20 years for most of these degrees that people are getting. 20 years. So put that into perspective, especially if you're a person that's never worked and you're coming out of college as someone who's never had a job. Effectively, what we're saying is even until you pay off your debt, even if you're getting paid from your job, you have not made a single penny.
1: Hmm.
0: You have no penny. As long as you're in debt, you haven't made money. So I think people have a wrong perspective, a very short-sighted perspective of debt as a whole, which is really damaging, especially because we're not training young people to value, value money. money.
1: <laughs> Just throw it away.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to get back on track because it's so ingrained into the culture And again, people don't have a long-term view because that's the other thing. Going back to the people that are going in that are undecided Mm -hmm. and back to the bad advice as well. What are we telling our people, what are we telling our young people to do in those times? Because a lot of times it's just like, go figure it out. It's like, okay, so if you understand how debt works, you understand how time works, you're losing time, you're losing value as you go through this system. And I've talked to people and they tell me like, yeah, I'm go- studying this. And I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do with that? And it's like, well, I'm not really sure. And it's like, <laughs> okay, so am I going to be the person that's like, okay, so maybe we should stop going until you know, <laughs> and maybe you should just work until you figure it out. Or like, what is, how do we like mitigate this? That's what I'm trying I to figure I don't want to
1: work at McDonald's though.
0: Yeah. And that's the pride talk because we're above being working with our hands or we're above working at fast food. But that's all... the
1: sad part is so many people think that they are going to escape that, escape that by going to college. But that's not true. No, it's not true. How many people do you think went to college and are working at McDonald's?
0: How many people do you <laughs> think and even on like a slightly more upscale version of that? <laughs> how many people do you think are working as a receptionist for like a law firm or something? with their degree because if you look on job postings, what you'll see for the most basic of entry level positions, I got my first, just for context, I got my first office job when I was 18 years old. That job required on the posting required five years, five years of admin experience and an associate's degree in business. keep in mind I was 18 years old, so it's not even physically possible for me to have either of those things. You work hard, you get the job, you don't have to do it. (laughs) Like, there's this weird notion, and, like, that comment you read to start this whole thing is, like, this is a ticket to a great job. It's, like, no, most of the people with these degrees are going to end up starting entry level, and they're still going to have to work their way up the corporate ladder. We have this weird perception of just, like, I'm going to get this job, and I'm going to instantly become a director and a manager, and I'm just going to be making buku dollars. Well,
1: also, people think that just because you have a degree means you're going to get the job. But I'm sorry, I think people value your work experience also more than they value your degree. Like you can't you can't be like, yeah, been in college for 10 years, but I've never had a job. So totally ready to work for you. They're going to look at you kind of like,
0: Who do you think knows more about the field? Someone who's worked in the field for four years or someone who's been in college for four years studying the field? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. It's a legitimate question. (laughs) It's a legitimate question. So. I hope you guys are seeing the trend on how each one of these decisions just butterfly affects its way into people really have no idea what they're doing until way later when it's, I don't really want to say too late, but when their youth has kind of passed well, them kind by. Of,
1: like 53.2 million people said that they don't really feel like college was worth their time.
0: That's a very sad statistic. <laughs> that's very sad that's very sad
1: it is sad but it's the reality you know what i mean like people go there and then they come out and the longer you have to sit on all that happened the more you're kind of like did i really need to do all that like was that worth my time
0: yeah i just think we and i kind of want to steer towards the application of how we can kind of reroute because i think in this day and age, there's so many resources, and the fact that we've funneled, we have funneled people into the one resource of college, I think is terrible, and it's a terrible, it's a criminal misuse of the resources that we have to our, at our disposal. I just was talking to someone the other day, and they were like, "How did you learn to be in the field that you're in right now?" And I was like, "Literally the internet." <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like, did
1: social media management, and. I just did all that based off of the knowledge I had of running my own account.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have a million and one courses you can take. There are free courses. Like if you go to, uh, I forget what the website, there's a website on Google. Um, I'm going to have to find it. I'll have to put the link in the description. There's a website on Google where you can literally get free certificates in sales, in marketing, in softwares, Excel, Microsoft Word, PowerPoint. Like you can get certificates and education in all of these really, really specific things that are super practical and tangible to help you get really good jobs. And so, I th- and there's trade schools. There's so many other options, especially for the 75% of people that don't know what they want to do. I think we just need to start encouraging people to start working and start figuring out how to lay the groundwork. Because I think one of the other valuable things that that does, especially when you're able to move out on your own, and this is mainly, I guess, targeted more so for the men, but nothing teaches you how to be resourceful more than need. Mm. When I was 18 and I moved out, I was broke. (laughs) And that's a good thing. I think so many people are trying to avoid that. And I think that's damaging us. I think being in that position is super helpful. Being broke taught me so much. Not that I'm some rich person. I'm better off than I was when I was 18, obviously. But in that stage, when I was 18, 19, figuring out how to manage my money, how to work in a way that's effective and not wasting my time, how to look for jobs that are going to be a better use of my time, how to look for places to live that aren't going to run me dry. All these different things where you feel the need, you feel the pressure because it's on you. And obviously I had a great support system with parents and friends and church that if I ever needed something, I know I could go to them. But I think it's super beneficial and it creates resourceful, responsible men that will be able to be great husbands when they've experienced what that is like and are able to translate that into providing. And that's part of the security, I think, is when a guy knows how to – you know go through life and understands these situations you know it's a lot more practical than someone who's never experienced that when they get married if they're not as well off or there's those things that come up obviously you learn as you go which is great but it's going to be way more foreign to you than if you would have just started
1: That's kind of the the irony of like these women want to get married and be super comfortable right off the bat, right? And so you're told like, don't marry like a young 19-year-old guy. Like he's not going to make your life comfortable. You should go marry that college student who's like $40,000 in debt. You know, you're going to be really comfortable in your first years of marriage while he pays that off. And, like, I just want to know why women aren't warning people against marrying people who are a bunch of money in debt.
0: Because they don't like I said, they don't see the long-term picture of debt.
1: We need help. (laughs) But but you're absolutely
0: right because, and again, I it goes right back to the median age. You tell these women... You can't marry that 19-year-old guy because he doesn't have anything going for himself. And that's the biggest problem is none of these people between the ages of 18 and 22 that are in college, for the most part, have anything going for themselves.
1: Besides the title that they went to college to impress you.
0: Yeah, so they have their projected future of what they will be when they're done six years from now, but they don't have anything immediate. So when the woman is looking, the, when the young 19, 20-year-old woman is looking at her perspective options, what does she see? She sees a bunch of people that are in no such position to be married for at least another four or five years. So what does that leave her to do? Look for someone older, probably much older, probably closer to 28, 29, 30, when they're already done with that stage of their life. And that's why you see men are older than women at first marriage because women are looking for someone to provide for them. And when we handicap all these young people from actually being able to get themselves in a position to do that we're effectively just raising the age even more. And mm-hmm. in the church, that's just a super sad thing to see because again, we don't see any instruction, not even descriptive instruction in scripture about continued education or that being important at all. Yep. So it's just, <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. So what would you tell someone that is maybe about to graduate, they're looking at all their options, trying to see what they want to do. How would you instruct that person, either female or male? I'm mainly I guess probably more towards female, but like how would you instruct that person to give them the most options and try and give them a good a good trampoline to start?
1: Well for a female, I'd kind of bring up the point that I brought up earlier as in like, hey, like do you want to get married? Like, what's the goal? Like, is this really going to be helpful for you in your goals? Is this necessary for what your goal is in life? Because, you know, people act as if it's silly to set the goal that you want to get married and have kids because that's not promised. And it's like, nothing's promised. A great career isn't promised for you either. If you go to college, those are all things that you plan for because that's your plan and you pray about it. And when that isn't made clear, if you're like, Hey, like this isn't happening for me, then, you make those big decisions to go elsewhere. So I would just say to really think about, hey, like, is this really beneficial for me if I want to do this, this, and that? Like, And then also, um, just I guess for men as well and just people in general, I just say pray about it and um, just please block out all the stupidity from people telling you to go here because you know what you're the one who's stuck with your future your possible future debt anything that happens is on you it's gonna you're not going to be living with those people who are like yeah you should do this or guilt trip you into going to college like you can't be like i was guilted into going no that's on you bro you do not have to go this is your life (laughs) and if you're like hey i don't really think there's anything that like requires college that i want to do then i'd say totally skip that now if you have something that does require college then i definitely say that college might be the right fit for you i'm not against going to college if you have the proper mindset and the proper goal and the proper plan and you're like i'm 100 percent sure that like i mm-hmm. want to do this yeah and i need college for that
0: yeah i agree and i can't stress enough that what you just said like this is not to discredit college as a whole. My well, husband went
1: to college, guys. It's yeah, okay. He made it he,
0: a total G. He's one
1: of the people came out
0: making bank, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, it's not to discredit it because it can be very beneficial. And like I said before, I know plenty of people that have gone and are doing very well for themselves. So it it has its place. It has its purpose. But the problem is we've broad brush stroke over all young people and say this is something you need Mm -hmm. to do and that is damaging and crippling people's relationships um but what i would i would say to men and really to anybody but primarily to the men is to not (laughs) like you said not listen to the terrible advice and if you have a a career that you know you want to do that requires it obviously go for it But if you're one of the 75%, which by balance of probability, you probably are, don't go immediately because it will always be there. It will always be there. So if you go, you start working, jump around to different industries, see what you like, work a few different jobs. If you find something you like along that way, then that's the Lord's path for you. Mm -hmm. If you still feel like you haven't found something that you're satisfied in, And, you know, that you want to do long term, you can always go back. But I definitely would challenge you with the mindset of what is going to be satisfying for you. Because I think that is one of the other misnomers that greatly hurts people with careers is because we put such emphasis on them and we tell ourselves that these careers will satisfy us and that it's, quote unquote, never work if you enjoy what you do. And that's not true. So even if you have a field that you are passionate about, it's still going to be stressful. It's still going to be difficult and there's still going to be hardships. So if you think that you're going to escape the hardships of work by doing something that you like, I would encourage you to not think that way because you will be very disappointed. So even if you end up in a career, say you don't go to college, you work a couple different jobs, you end up in a you know sales job or business job or whatever and you're making a good living you're not completely sold on it but you're not completely against it either i would just say weigh the pros and cons think about where you want to be and how you want to get there if you are someone that wants to be married and you're making good money where you're at now is going in debt or taking on a big loan or something like that going to be beneficial to what you want to do or is that going to slow you down so just put all these things in practical in practical order and don't look short sighted on the negatives or positives of either because you'll end up shortchanging yourself of potentially something really good. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. I hope this has been informative. Hopefully, you guys have something to think about. I would love to see your guys' comments on what your perspective is on this. Maybe you guys disagree completely and you think we're stupid or you agree totally it's because we couldn't say those words earlier <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> gonna have to edit that out yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just a Siri voice um, m- maybe you disagree maybe you do agree maybe you've lived through this already and you can say you either agree or disagree um, I would love to just get the conversation going because from our vantage point I think this is one of the great contributors to the median age of marriage rising as it is Um, so yeah, don't forget to like comment and subscribe on this episode and we will be seeing you guys on the next one. We're changing our upload schedule a little bit, so we won't be uploading weekly. It should be bi-weekly going forward. We're going to be putting a little bit more into the production of these. So hopefully you guys enjoy that, the preparation and the slides and things to help you guys follow along with our thoughts. So, um, like I said, hopefully you guys enjoy. Don't forget to leave a like, a comment and subscribe and we will see you all on the next one.